Well, ladies and gentlemen, young and old, welcome back to I Am Next Generation Youth Ministry Podcast. I am your host, Pastor Daquan McKnight, and I am so grateful that you have made this podcast a part of your day, and I'm so grateful that you have taken the time out to sit back and hear me minister to you the Word of God and for you to be refreshed, and I want to thank you, too, for sharing your podcast with those that need assurance and reassurance from the Word of God himself. What I'm going to do is, for the next several weeks or months, depending on how long it takes, is that I want to do a special podcast for you all. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to quote to you just scripture from Genesis to Revelation on the different promises of God. And it's taken from my new book that I'm getting ready to publish for you young people and you young adults. It's in called Inspirational Verses for Teens and Young Adults. The Inspirational Verses for Teens and young adults and these scripture verses that i'm going to quote to you i pray that they will bless your heart and mind amen amen so without further ado let's get into it inspirational verses for teens and young adults by me minister daquan mcknight introduction a new day is coming The introduction, a new day is coming. Then the one seated on the throne said, Look, I am making everything new. He also said, Right, because these words are faithful and true. Revelation 21, verse 5, out of the Holman Christian Standard Bible. One week after I informed the manager at my job at Ruby Tuesday that I wanted to be taken off the schedule for health and safety precautions during the coronavirus pandemic, I received word a few weeks later that the restaurant had shut down permanently. When I heard that, I grabbed my phone and began to text my coworkers from Ruby Tuesday and told them how it was an honor and a privilege to work with them, even though I only worked with them for about three months. I even told them that I would be praying for them and their families. Now, while you are listening to this and while that is Intriguing your heart and your mind, many of you are many of you are probably wondering and were probably asking among yourselves, were you sad and disappointed by the outcome? To be honest with you, I was. But in a sense I was also grateful. Why would you say that? Because I was grateful for God that He protected me from the from coming in contact with the virus. During the time of self-quarantine and being unemployed for the next several months, I was thinking of ways to keep myself busy and not being bored. And I found an activity that kept me going and fascinated. That activity was reading the Bible. Now, I know some of you are thinking, come on, Daquan, you got to be kidding me. You mean to tell me that you spend your time reading the Bible during this pandemic chaos? Isn't there something else you could have done, something else that could have sparked your interest? Couldn't you have done something else to keep your mind off of what was going on with the pandemic? Well, to be honest with you, I I enjoy reading the Bible. To be honest with you, also, I have been fascinated with the Bible ever since I was a young child, and I will never stop reading it. The Bible is without a doubt one of the best number 
one selling books of all time. I will say that again. The Bible is without a doubt one of the best, number one best selling books of all time. One of my favorite hobbies is, yes, you may have guessed it, reading the Bible. I would even get up early in the morning reading the Bible and I would read it even until the late evenings to the late night, almost close to midnight. There was a time in which I had 14 Bibles, but I gave three of them away to bless some young person that I have encountered that was either troubled or needed guidance, and I did this by the leading and the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Today, I have a collection of 11 Bibles on my bookshelf that I read every morning, every evening, every night. I have read the Word of God so many times, from cover to cover, that I have lost even count of them. Someone might ask, why did you read the Bible so much? Don't you ever get tired or bored from reading? The answer is, no, not at all. You see, the reason for my answer is that the Bible is not only a book that contains great stories, such as Noah's Ark, Adam and Eve, Queen Esther, Daniel in the lion's den, the birth of Jesus, etc., but it also contains verses that brings about inspiration and comfort to the heart and mind. As this pandemic continues to grow worse and worse, so many people, especially young people, teens and young adults, I should say, don't know where to go to or who to turn to. As businesses, attractions, restaurants, beaches closed down, and while many people were out of work, some have pointed the finger and blamed God for the situation, while others question within themselves, where is God during this virus outbreak? God, do you ever see what I'm going through? God, do you really even see me, or are you just ignoring my problems? In fact, many of our young people are experiencing the following during this time of the pandemic, and even others as well. Fear, worry, anxiety, loneliness, depression. And yet, very sadly, we see the younger generation, instead of turning to God for help and crying out to Him for help, they turn to the following that can calm their pain and soothe their heart and mind, such as drugs, alcohol, sexual immorality, vaping, the occult, violence, suicide, depression, you name it. As a result of these elements, these elements have plagued their hearts and minds, thinking that it will calm and soothe their stress and anxiety. Many of them have wondered, how am I going to provide for myself and my family? How am I going to pay my bills on time? Will I ever work again? Listen to me, dear brothers and sisters. I know what it's like to go through hardships and trials, especially during this time of unrest and chaos in our world. I know what it's like to be out of a job because it happened to me on several occasions. But I'm here to remind you as a minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ, I know someone that will always be there for you no matter what circumstances we may face. His name is Jesus Christ. What I love about my God is that he is Jehovah Shammah, the Lord that is there, and he is El-Rohi, the God who sees and hears all things. God is right there with us, even in the tough times, and he hears us when we cry to him. He doesn't ignore or abandon us. God is a person with a presence. In the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible, my brother in the Lord, Dr. David Jeremiah, who was the pastor of the Shadow Mountain Church there in San Diego, California, and the founder of Turning Point Ministries, wrote a study note or an article entitled, The God Who Is Always Close By, as he was explaining Psalm 139, verse 1 through 10. Here is what he says about our God. We're all limited by time and space. Nobody can stand in both Australia and Africa at the same time. At least nobody can. But guess what? God can. 
Take comfort. You are never alone. No matter where you go and no matter how old you get, God is with you. When you are scared and lonely, when you feel unloved or or ashamed, remember that God is by your side. Even before you were born, he was with you. He knows your deepest thoughts and all your fears and doubts, hopes and dreams. He is right beside you. Is there anything that you want to tell him right now? I also remember watching my dear brother and role model in Christ, Pastor Gabe Swagger, youth pastor for Crossfire Youth Ministry at Family Worship Center in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, preach a message entitled, I Know Somebody Who Knows Somebody Who Knows What to Do For You. In that sermon, he was preaching about the healing of Naaman and how God can meet your needs. And within this sermon, he made this statement. There is one person that can change your hopelessness into hope. There is a person that can change your depression and oppression into joy unspeakable and full of glory. His name is Jesus Christ. And if you just give him a chance, he'll be able to wipe away every tear, to dry every eye, to minister to the need and minister to the soul. God bless him for making such a powerful statement and how true it is. I want to ask you the question, what are you believing God for? What are you going through right now? Will you allow him to come in and make a difference in your life? Or are you going to shun him out and try to fix the problems on your own? In other words, will you walk away from God? Or are you going to stick with him during your times of trouble? It is well with my soul. I remember hearing and reading a story about a man named Horatio Spefford. Now, some of you are like, who in the world is that? He will be an important, prominent figure that would change the course of history. You see, Horatio Spafford was born on October 20th, 1828 in the city of New York City. He would grow up to be an American lawyer and a successful senior partner in law firm. Years later, he would marry a woman by the name of Anna Larson, and sometime later, she gave birth to four daughters. Now, the family would become very rich and prosperous and also huge supporters of one of the greatest preachers of their decade, D.L. Moody. Now, Spafford would continue to invest in real estate in north of Chicago in the spring of 1871. And you might say things were going well. But around October of 1871, a disaster struck. In October of 1871, the Great Chicago Fire broke out and destroyed much of the city. It reduced the city to ashes, destroying most of Spafford's investment. Can you imagine your little rich empire getting destroyed by a huge fire? It would not feel good at all. In fact, you would probably work ten times harder to rebuild everything back to normal. But anyway, back to the story. Two years later, after the devastation of the Great Chicago Fire in about 1873, the family planned a trip to Europe. Late business demands, zoning issues arising from the fire, so that kept Spafford from joining his wife and four daughters on a family vacation in England, where his friend D.L. Moody would be preaching. And also, too, sources would say that his wife and daughters was also going to plan to go see him and hear him preach in around the great country of England. So on November 22, 1873, while crossing the Atlantic on the steamship known as the Belle de Havre, the ship was struck by an iron sailing vessel, killing about 226 people, including all of Spafford's daughters. His wife, Anna, on the other hand, survived the tragedy. When Horatio heard the news, he was devastated and he was, of course, very heartbroken. Now, can you imagine what this guy went through? 
Can you imagine the heartache, the trouble, and the pain that he must have experienced when he heard the news about his wife and daughter being destroyed, being killed in a terrible, fatal, fatal accident? You might thought the story ends there, but it does not. To illustrate my point, let me give you a scenario in life. Let me give you an example of a scenario. Let's say for instance, let's say for instance, my friends, you have friends or loved ones sailing on a cruise ship and they're heading to Italy or Switzerland or Tokyo or Canada, wherever you want to go. And the ship struck an iceberg and it sank, killing about 8,000 passengers. And the headlines read, breaking news, cruise ship hits iceberg while on voyage. 8,000 people, passengers have died and no one survived. After hearing the news, you begin to cry and weep and feel heartbroken and probably fussing at God. But then all of a sudden, something strange happens. Your phone rings and you answer it. On the other line, you hear familiar voices. It's your family and friends letting you know that they're all right and they survived the incident. When you hear that, when you hear the good news, you probably would begin to get excited, possibly leap for joy and get into a praise break. Now, many of you thought this was the end of Horatio, but it wasn't. The story goes on to say, upon arriving in England, she managed to send a telegram. Now, back in the ancient world, what they did was they did not have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, none of those things. They didn't have that. No, 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 not at all. What they would have is a thing called a telegram where they would be able to transport a letter or a message from one end of the world to the other. And so what happened was the lady Anna was sent to her husband a message saying, save alone. And when Spafford heard that, it brought relief to him knowing that his wife was okay. As Spafford sailed to England to join his wife, he wrote a hymn entitled, It Is Well With My Soul. Little did he realize that this hymn would transcend from generation to generation. This hymn would become one of the most popular songs that we would sing in our churches today. The inspiring song or the lyrics would read like this. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. The refrain would say, it is well it is well with my soul, with my soul. It is well, it is well with my soul. Though Satan should buffet, though trials should come, let this blessed assurance control that Christ hath regarded my helpless estate and hath shed his own blood for my soul. And then it goes back to the refrain. It is well, it is well with my soul. Etc, etc, etc. So what's the point of this story? This story is so inspiring because it teaches us that no matter trials or challenges that we may face, God is right there with you. Even during this pandemic, you're probably crying out to God saying, God, where are you right now? I can't walk alone. I need to know if you're with me. I'm here to encourage you that God is your peace in the midst of your storms. One of the names of God is Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is our peace. Judges 6.24 and did you know that Jesus calmed the storms on the Sea of Galilee? Yeah, he has power over nature. He has power over the storms. You see, if Jesus could calm the stormy waves, he can calm any waves in your heart and life. 
So let God come in and fill your heart, soul, and mind with his peace. I remember my pastor telling our congregation that peace is not just an emotion, but that peace is a person. Who is that person? His name is Jesus Christ. And what you're about to hear is you're going to hear amazing, inspiring verses from Genesis to Revelation that will comfort and bless your heart. You can read these inspiring verses when you're depressed, worried, or troubled. When you are done hearing them, listen to it again. Or send it to someone, share this podcast with someone that needs reassurance from the Word of God. Now, why in the world would I, would I title the book, it, A New Day is Coming, in the introduction? The reason why I titled the introduction, A New Day is Coming, is because the great promises that God promised us in His Word has never failed. In fact, one of the passages of scripture says there has not failed any promise that the Lord has spoken. In fact, one of my favorite verses and promises that has brought me comfort is Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 1. In the Holman Christian Standard Bible Version, it says this, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord shines over you. In that passage of Scripture, the prophet Isaiah was prophesying about the dawn of Zion's glory. The nation of Israel and Judah had walked away from the Lord, and they were experiencing trouble and chaos from all sides. But the Lord had promised them that a new day was coming for them. Even though they thought that there was no way out for them during their crisis, God had promised a ray of light would shine and break forth in the darkness. With the crisis that we are experiencing right now, some believe that there is no way out and no hope. But I got good news for you. It may look like things may not get any better, but hold on. A new day is coming. Even though the crisis we face may seem dark, there is coming a ray of light. In this time of trouble and unrest, don't be afraid or despair, for the scripture tells us that our God is about to do something new. Even now it is coming. Do you not see it? Indeed, I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Isaiah 43, 19, the Holman Christian Standard Bible. You see, God is the God of a new beginning. He is going to bring about a new beginning in our lives and the lives around the world. What our world needs to know and needs to be reassure, reassured of is that God is right there with us. And he hears our cries and sees what we're going through. And I pray that you will cherish these verses within your heart and soul and mind. May you be blessed. So without further ado, let's get into this. But before I do that, I want to try to play a song for you. The song, It Is Well With My Soul by Horatio Spafford. And I want you to listen to the words of this great song and let it bless your heart and mind. Give me one second, team. Uh, I think our... I think our little thing doesn't want to turn on. Hold on, guys. It's loading.
Okay, I think it doesn't want to load for me. I'm going to try to refresh this. Please, I beg of you, in the name of Jesus, please play for me. There we go. All right, we got it, guys. I want you to listen to the words of this song. May it challenge your heart and mind. It is well with my soul.
The Inspirational Verses from Genesis to Revelation In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Genesis 1, 1 through 2 The New King James Version Then God said, Let us make man in our own image, after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creepeth thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Genesis 1, 26-27, the New King James Version. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Genesis 2-7, the New King James Version. Genesis 28-15 Behold, I am with you, and will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Genesis 28-15, the New King James Version. By the God of your Father who will help you, and by the Almighty who will bless you with blessings of heaven above, blessings of the deep that lies beneath, blessings of the breast and of the womb. Genesis 49.25, the New King James Version. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about as it is this day to save many people alive. Genesis 50 and verse 20, the New King James Version. And Moses said to the people, Do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. The Lord will fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. Exodus 14, verse 13 through 14, in the New King James Version. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. Exodus 15, 2, the New King James Version. Your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed in pieces the enemy. Exodus 15.6, the New King James Version. Exodus 15.11, who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Exodus 15.11, the New King James Version. With your unfailing love, you led the people you have redeemed. In your might, you guide them to your sacred home. Exodus 15, 13, the New Living Translation. The Lord will reign forever and ever. Exodus 15, 18, the New Living Translation. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians and how I lifted you up on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, therefore, if you will obey my voice and keep my covenant, then you shall be my special possession out of all the nations. For all the earth is mine, and you will be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. These are the words which you shall speak to the children of Israel. Exodus 19, 
verse 4 through 6 in the modern English version. Now God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself any graven idol or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water below the earth. You shall not bow down to them nor serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children to the third and fourth generation of them who hate me, but showing loving kindness to thousands of them who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless, anyone who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall work. And you shall do all your labor. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no work. You, nor your son, nor your daughter, nor your male servant, nor your female servant, nor your livestock, which speaking of the sheep and the cattle, or your sojourner, or a stranger who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his manservant or his maidservant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Exodus 20 verse 1 through 17 the modern English version. For I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore sanctify yourselves and you shall be holy, for I am holy. Leviticus 11.44, the modern English version. And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his son, saying, On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Numbers 6 verses 22 through 26, the King James Version. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Numbers 23, 19, the King James Version. You shall be careful, therefore, to do as the Lord your God has commanded you, you shall not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. You shall walk in all the way that the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live and that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land you shall possess. Deuteronomy 5:32-33 in the English Standard Version. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Deuteronomy 6, verse 4 through 6 in the English Standard Version. For you are a holy people to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure above all the peoples on the face of the earth. You see, the Lord did not set his love on you nor chose you because you were more in number than any other people, for you were the least of all peoples. No, but because the Lord loves you, and because he would keep the oath which he swore to your forefathers, the Lord has brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you from the bondage 
or the house of bondage, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Therefore know that the Lord your God, He is the faithful God. He is God who is keeping covenant and mercy for thousand generations with those who love Him and keep His commandments. Deuteronomy 6, 7, verses 6 through 9 in the New King James Version. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Deuteronomy 8.18, the New King James Version. For the Lord your God is God of gods, the Lord of lords, the great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality nor takes bribe. Deuteronomy 10.17, the New King James Version. Now it shall come to pass, if you Diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you, because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of the body, the produce of your ground, and the increase of your herds, and the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall you be your blessed shall be your basket and your nending bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to, to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand to. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. The Lord establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he sworn to you if you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways. Then all the people of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land which the Lord your God swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, and you shall not borrow. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and carefully to observe them, so you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day, to the right or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 through 14 in the New King James Version. But the word is very near you, in your mouth and in your heart, that you may do it. Deuteronomy 30 verse 14, the New King James Version. That you may love the Lord your God, that you may obey his voice, that you may cling to him, for he is your life and the length of your day. Deuteronomy 30, verse 20, the New King James Version. And the Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear nor be dismayed. Deuteronomy 31, 8, the New King James Version. Like an eagle stirs up her nest that flutters over her young. He spreads out his wings and took him. He lifted him on his pinions. The Lord alone guided him, and there was no foreign god with him. Deuteronomy 32, verse 11 through 12, in the modern English version. The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath you are the everlasting arms. He will drive out the enemy from before you, and will say, destroy them. Deuteronomy 32, oh, I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 33, 
verse 27, the New King James Version.